Citizens of Natstown is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus, with departure stations at Clydes and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon, the Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the Ballpark Bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at at ballparkbus. Hello, Natstown. Uh, we're here live. We've got uh, Matthew Davila, David Huzzard, uh, TJ Landermeyer here. And on the line, we've got uh, from the Nationals organization, Mr. Ryan Tatusco. How are you guys doing? Doing, uh, doing well. No complaints here. Doing good. Good, good. All right. So, uh, so first thing we got to talk about here is... Uh, <laughs> Obviously, uh, the the biggest face in the organization, Mr. Mr. Ryan Zimmerman, locked him up for an additional six, if not seven, years. Um, I have a feeling that seventh is going to come without question. Oh yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Uh, a, oh yeah. Uh, a lot of, I guess, misnomers going around about this contract that kind of bugs me. Yeah. Um, the fact that people are, you know, he's a $100 million man, this, that, and the other thing. Well, yeah, technically he's a $100 million man. But if you go in and you you look at the numbers, it is a team-friendly deal. I mean, he gets $14 million for the next uh, till, what, 2017 or 18? I mean, you, you know, you look, you, you look at it, too. You know, Ryan Zimmerman, okay, it, it's not hard to see he's been hurt a few times. And, I mean, those times that you missed him, you know you missed him. Uh, I like to I like to joke around, say Jerry Harrison Jr. He filled in adequately, which is the only thing you can do when you fill in for Ryan Zimmerman is fill in adequately because I mean yeah. you watch the kid play and it's just it's just so much fun. He's he's the reason everybody loves the Nationals or anybody mm-hmm. loves the Nationals. But Ryan, let's get your take on that. Um, you're part of the organization. They've had Zimmerman. He's been here for some fairly bad times. Uh, and then you see them reward him with a contract contract like that. What kind of message does that send to the players in the organization? You know, I, I think it was it was a great thing um, for the Nationals and, and Zimmerman both. I mean, you know, he was the first-round draft pick, you know, in the 05 draft. You know, he's one of the very first guys drafted by the organization. And, you know, he's he's proven that he can get it done on the field. You know, he's, he hits the ball for both average and power, and, you know, he drives in guys. And, you know, he's he's the guy that you want up to bat, you know, in, in clutch situations. And, you know, I think that it just shows that they're committed to winning and they're not going to let talent go, you know, when they recognize talent and they recognize that, you know, they have a chance to win in the very near future. And they're not going to let, you know, one of their, their big bats escape, um, you know, for the long haul. You know, I think that the time of, you know, just kind of grooming them and, you know, when they start asking for big contracts, letting, letting them go is over. You know, I think the Nats by – by doing this have shown that, Hey, you know what, we, we want to be in this for the long haul and we want to win and we're going to do what it takes to win. So I think it was, it was an excellent, you know, decision by the nationals. And obviously, you know, Ryan Zimmerman, you know, was rewarded, 
you know, very, very handsomely, if you know, for what he did. And I think he deserves every penny that he gets. You know, he, he seems to come up in clutch situations all the time. And more often than not, you know, he delivers. That's very true. Yeah. Even, even when it's not a walk-off home run, it's, it's a walk-off bloop single. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, you know, he's, he's the guy that seems to get the rally started. You know, he, he, it just kind of seems that when you need him to come through, he does. And, you know, there, there's a lot to be said for that. You know, like you said, it doesn't have to be, you know, the, the walk-off home run. It could be the double that scores the run or the single that starts the rally. And it just kind of seems that when you need him to come through, he, you know, he's always there. Very true. Very well, true. Let's ask uh, Ryan some questions. Um, I'm going to start with uh, my question. Now, the, the what's still the biggest story of the winter for me for the Nationals was what happened with Wilson Ramos. Mm-hmm. And you were down there in Venezuela. Uh, yeah. What was it like for being down there? Uh, you know, for us, um, you know, the team that I was with was the Margarita Bravos, and we were about a couple hundred miles off the coast of Venezuela. So, you know, we were – they did everything they can, you know, um, to be to be protected. I mean, you know, we had – we had one. We have some baseball royalty, you know, as our coach and Don Baylor. I mean, the guy's been around the game for you know 30, 40 years as a ma- as a player and a manager, you know. So he, you know, he was always in close, you know, with the American guys to make sure that we were okay. But I mean, I never felt any threatened at all. And you know, obviously, when when that tragic thing happened, you know, the Nationals were on the phone immediately with myself and the other prospects, um, you know, that were down there making sure that we felt okay. And, you know, the, the thing that kept reiterating to us is that at all at any time that you feel any sort of, you know, security issue, or you just don't feel safe at any day, please give us a call immediately. And, and you know, they'll take us out. And, you know, they were in contact with us, um, you know, obviously from day one being down there, you know, they want to monitor our workloads and things like that and make sure, you know, we're not being used and abused down there um, by our winter league team. But especially, you know, after that happened, they, they definitely stepped up communication a lot. And, you know, we were in touch with all aspects from security advisors to minor league, um, you know, personnel and, and people on the big league side as well. I mean, you know, they, they showed a genuine concern, you know, with us and they just kept reiterating that they were here to do whatever they could. And, you know, just, just knowing that and knowing that the organization, you know, was thinking about us and, you know, was making sure that they were doing everything that they could to make us safe, put myself and my fiance who was with me uh, down there just more at ease. And we made the decision to stay down there because I wanted to go and, you know, pitch and get myself ready for the 2012 season. And I mean, I really enjoyed myself. If I had the opportunity to go back again, I I would go back down there without even thinking twice about it. Well, that's good to hear. Um, I like to joke around a little bit. Uh, you might pick up on this, but I have an honest question <laughs> for you. Uh, by any chance, did you see Mike Rizzo with a bandana and an M60? <laughs> you know, he, 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 he did everything he could, but go Rambo. You know, I, I, he, he may have been down there, but you know, he, uh, he blended in, you know, fairly well if he did it. I think, you know, he, uh, if that did happen, if that came down to it, I, I would suspect he'd be on the first chartered flight down there. And, and I think that'd make for a great movie. I mean, you know, possibly be Rambo's sidekick. That wouldn't be too bad. I mean, I, I think they're on, the, I think, I think Rambo and Karate Kid, what, they're on their 16th installment. Why not have Rambo's brother? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay. Uh, kind of shift gears a little bit. Um, 
Ryan, I remember a little while back, it, it was kind of a Twitter thing you did uh, where you're asking people about trades. And uh, that's actually what brought you to D.C. And uh, it was yeah. a really great post. I was just wondering if maybe you could talk for a little bit about what it was like and how you ended up in D.C. or playing for the organization, I should say. I was um, – well, it was it was really um, different for me. I mean, obviously, I've never been um, in anything like that before. I was drafted by the Rangers uh, out of college at Indiana State, um, which, by the way, I just got the bottom line result. Shout out. They're in their, uh, their win in the first half in their tournament. So, go to the Moors if <laughs> anybody nice. else is listening nice. from Indiana State. So, um, you know, I was – I was playing and I just got done with a start uh, the night before and I was going to get some breakfast before I headed to the field. And there was a tech, a Google alert that kind of popped up on my phone um, from MLB that just said, Texas Rangers acquire infielder Christian Guzman. And <laughs> I kind of, I, I looked at that and I, I, I kind of looked at my girlfriend at the time, um, not my not fiance. And I just said, you know, I, I need to go to the field. I, I just don't, I don't feel right about this. Something's going on. And um, so, you know, she just kind of brushed it off. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. Let's just go get some breakfast, and then, you know, I'll take you to the field just like we normally do. And it's like, no, you know, I just – I I don't know what – something's going on. Like, I, I got to figure this out. Something's up. And so, sure enough, um, I get I get a call from one of my buddies um, during breakfast, and – he calls me frantic. You know, I just saw your name on the bottom line of, of, uh, of the MLB network. I don't know what's going on. What's up. And I was like, Oh, I'll have to call you back. And immediately I, I knew what was going on. I knew that I was involved, um, you know, with the trade. And so I, I went to the field and, you know, my, my head coach at the time was in the, in the coach's office, just kind of sitting there. And it was obviously a two-player deal, myself and Tanner Rourke, but Tanner's name wasn't leaked or they didn't figure it out yet, or I don't know what was going on. But so he technically officially couldn't say anything to me. So I was just kind of standing around in the clubhouse trying to get it out of him. Like, should I pack? Should I not pack? Do I need to, you know, what, what do I need to do right now? And, you know, I, I went up to him and said, you know, Hey, uh, Hey, Bouchelle, you know, what should I be doing right now? He just kind of looked at me like, I, I have no idea what you're talking about, you know, with a pretty wry smile. I said, do I start packing? Do I not packing? What, what do I do? And he's like, well, all I have to say is you're probably not going to need your, uh, your Frisco jersey tonight. He's like, that's pretty much all, all I can tell you right now. So I just kind of sat in the clubhouse and kind of twiddled my thumbs a little bit to get the official word of what was going on. And then, as more guys started filtering in the clubhouse, you know, I, uh, they started, you know, obviously seeing things on Twitter and the bottom line is obviously in every, every clubhouse in the, in the nation during the season, either has the MLB network or ESPN, you know, my name kept scrolling across. So I was like, all right, I guess it's, I guess it's okay to pack now. And I was, I was packing and I got the official call um, probably about an hour before game time to let me know that, you know, I was now part of the, uh, Nationals organization along with uh, Tanner Rourke and we were out uh, the next day on a plane flight to Harrisburg and you know and then two days after you know one day after that we were in a double uniform in Harrisburg and I was making my next start two days later so <laughs> it was really weird to, to to make a start in one league and then five days later I was making a start in a different league but you know being traded you know was really fun you know it, it was <laughs> yeah. something you know that I well, that I uh, welcomed and 
the the interesting you know, thing it, it felt really good it, it, it almost sounds like you were the last one to know like everybody knew before you did it it really was and i mean you know i i called my parents and i, I called everybody you know that you're supposed to call in the beginning and i was kind of met with yeah, I know. I already read that. Yeah, I know. I already read that. Yeah, I know. I already saw it. And it's like, holy cow, is no one else going to be excited with me? Like, I didn't think you guys have known all day, but <laughs> holy cow, like, I'm going to a different team. Like, you know, they're, they're, a team out there actually wants me, you know, this is this is great. And, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we've known all day. Go ahead. Give us a call, you know, when you land in, when you land in Pennsylvania. And it's like, oh, <laughs> all right, sure. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it always it always seems like the players, you know, who are, it's actually going on. You know, we're always the last to know. So that's it, just kind of the way it, it seems like, you know, in, in the world of baseball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I guess that's where you get into all the the business, baseball's a business talk and all that stuff. But you know, and, and that's why I brought it up because I thought that post you you wrote, I thought it was really interesting because you know, I, I'm a big baseball buff and you know, I, I watch it all the time. I'm like, oh, so and so got traded, so and so. I'm like. I didn't I didn't really think about it. I don't know why, but after after you, you know, wrote that post and you were talking about it, I was just like, Oh yeah, baseball players are people. They have feelings about these things, you know? Yeah. And, it, uh, exactly. And it, it you are mixed with a with a different set of emotions. I mean, one hand obviously a scout or somebody saw something in you that, you know, they said, Hey, this this kid can help us down the road, you know, this he can contribute at the big league level and Obviously, and then on the other hand, you got another team going, yeah, okay, we can give them up. And it's like, okay, I don't know if I should feel really happy that somebody wants me, or do I feel kind of depressed yeah. that the other team says, yeah, all right, go ahead. And, yeah, no. you know, so it's like, you know, it, it, it's a mixed bag of emotions. It's definitely a whirlwind when you, depending on which way, if you're a half full or half empty kind of guy, you know, you look at things. Right. And, and that kind of... I have just another another short question for you. You know, I know I know you went to Indiana State. Um, one thing I always kind of wondered, and this is just another one of those, you know, kind of kind of curious things. Like, what what's uh-huh. it like to to know you have uh, major league scouts come by your school, watch you pitch, and then you ultimately go in the draft? I mean, what was that like? Did you ever think about it? Was it? In- Oh, oh yeah. I mean, you know that it, it's funny because you know you you've got coaches and stuff. Telling, it's like, oh yeah, don't think about it. It's like, oh, what do you mean? Don't don't think about those eight guys that are decked out and you know <laughs> major league emblems, pointing radar guns in your face, charting your every move, and staring <laughs> at you every second of the day. Oh, don't pay attention to those guys. Yeah, sure, no problem. That's yeah, yeah no, <laughs> no problem. And you know, but it, you in. You almost say you you get used to it, but you really don't. I mean, obviously, you want to go out and you know prove your best and you know do what you do. But you know, so in the in the very beginning, you know, it, it's one of those things like, man, that'd be so cool to play, you know, professional baseball and actually draw a paycheck with something that I love to do. But it's yeah. it really doesn't set in that you're ever going to have the opportunity until draft day happens, you know, and you hear your name called. And it's it was definitely one of the highlights of my life you know just yeah sitting there on a computer and and watching the draft and you know hearing my name called it it was it was incredible well ryan i um i have another question for you here um during the off season the nationals added edwin jackson Diego gonzalez brad lidge strausberg's coming back from injury um i think you're a reliever now uh and they have yes you know um where do you see yourself fitting in with all that pitching depth? Um, you know, from from the conversations and things, um, 
you know, that I've had um, with various uh, personnel and things, you know, with the Nationals, they, they definitely see me as a long relief guy to the bullpen. And that was definitely a role, you know, I tried to embrace last year. I, I've been a starter reliever, you know, my entire career, uh, start off in bullpen and then, was, and then uh, went as a starter. But last year, you know, I really think I started hitting my stride, um, especially in AAA and pitching coach uh, Greg Booker. I mean, he was you know, phenomenal helping me with the mental aspect of coming out of the bullpen because last year was the longest that I did it. And it's no secret that if you look at my stats last year, I would I would like to categorize that as less than stellar uh, is what I, I like to call it. But, um, you know, I I struggled, you know, mightily last year. And you know, being in – getting to AAA and being able to talk with um, Booker and – just working on the mental game and working on things that made me successful. I really feel like I started to turn a corner and then the season just ended on me. And so I, I feel like, you know, I, I made incredible strides about the last month, month and a half in the season. And I was really starting to see some progress. And, you know, I'm really looking, I'm really looking forward, you know, to hopefully starting there again this year and, you know, making, making a name for myself. You know, I, I, I really think that I can I can bring something to the table and, you know, pitch at the next level. It's just, you know, going out there, you know, improving it. And I think that ultimately, you know, I can be a bullpen guy. And, you know, I've always I've always told everybody that I know if it if it takes me shining shoes to get to the big leagues, you know, that's what I'll do. If I gotta wash if I gotta wash jerseys, if I if I gotta refinish lockers, if I gotta carry someone's bag, you know, that that's what I'm that's what I wanna do to get there. And, you know, ultimately it's it's getting there and it's a realization of a, of a lifelong dream. I bet. Well, kind of in that same vein of uh, working your way up to the big leagues, uh, what have you been working on this off season to, uh, to kind of take that next step? The big thing um, that I worked on and, you know, that the, the nationals really stressed to me was that they, I wanted to throw more strikes. Um, you know, I, I tried to, Last year, I tried a lot to to make guys chase. I tried to make, um, you know, something extra out of the pitch. And a lot of it was I just wasn't repeating my mechanics. I was trying to do too much. And so this offseason, I watched a lot of video. And, you know, I really looked at a few things in my delivery that I was doing wrong that was ultimately setting me up for failure. And a lot of it was just in the very beginning of my delivery I was already starting myself off balance. Um, you know, I was rushing towards home plate, which ultimately caused my arm to drag. And my arm slot was never the same on any two pitches. And I didn't realize exactly how bad it was, um, you know, when before watching video. And I realized, you know, how, how off I was. I mean, I, my arms, like I said, my arm slot just wasn't the same. So I really worked on this year repeating my mechanics and getting things and just simplifying things and making sure that it, I had things that I could do and I could repeat on a constant basis, which is ultimately allow me to throw more strikes. And, you know, that's obviously what, when you get up there, you obviously can't walk guys, you know, you have a, you have a limited window to show what you got. And if, you know, you go up there and you're erratic, you know, they're big league hitters are going to make you pay for it. So yeah. This year for me was just was just consistency, you know, and 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 throwing more strikes and work quality strikes, you know, that's that's the key that the Nationals use all the time and the key words and you know they they stress quality strikes, you know, down in the zones, you know, so that's what I truly focused on and I think I made I feel better this season and from the from the couple of bullpens that I've already thrown. I mean, I I, I notice a night and day difference in myself. All right, that's good to hear. <clears throat> Um, now 
kind of taking off the the serious note here. Um, yeah. Well, we all know that uh, baseball players as a whole, especially minor leaguers, have a lot of uh, kind of idle hands time, uh, which can which yeah. can lead to some uh, some hijinks here. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what is the best prank that you've seen in your in your years so far in the minor leagues? Best prank, best prank I think I've ever seen pulled um, was actually this year. Was actually this uh, down in Venezuela. They um, they have they're not quite M80s, but they're not quite bottle rockets, and they like to cut the wick at about oh I don't know a millisecond, and they light it and throw it underneath you, and it doesn't do any damage. It just makes a really loud bang. And a couple guys were talking. They kind of had their backs turned to one of the guys that like to play the hijinks. And he uh, he rolled the M80 underneath him, and it blew up, like, right behind him. It scared the guy so bad that he fell into the Gatorade cooler. And the Gatorade cooler didn't quite have the top on it, but it was already filled with red Gatorade. And we had <laughs> teal, teal, green, teal green BP tops, and he hit it and knocked it over, and the whole entire jug just spilled right on top of him. And they didn't allow him to go back. And down in Venezuela, it's about 90 degrees, and it's humid. It's all get out. So he stunk <laughs> like Gatorade and was so sticky. And anytime he tried to go take a shower, guys would go grab him and throw him back on the field. They, they wouldn't let him take a shower. And he had to wear it the entire game and just sticky and gross. And it was probably one of the funniest things that I've ever seen just because the guy, you could just tell how miserable he was just because <laughs> he was so sticky with the humidity. And it, that was that's probably one of the more funny things that I've ever seen. Another good one is guys like to freeze socks and undershirts and things like that in, in buckets of water in the freezer so that it, it, they're giant ice cubes when you come into the when you come into the uh, locker room the next day. That's that's usually a quality prank to play on somebody, but definitely the firecracker. And <laughs> it, it just made it all. It wouldn't have been funny if he wouldn't have fell into the Gatorade container. I mean, it just kind of all set itself up so perfectly. It's one of those things that you couldn't have rehearsed and done even if you wanted to. So shot in the dark here. Nobody played the uh, kidnapping prank. <laughs> no, that I, I, I would tend to think that that would that would lead to a. A few uh, armed armed guards standing <laughs> at your door that uh, uh, you would have a rude awakening getting up. Yeah, I, I don't imagine that would be a smart thing to do. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. hey, out of uh, curiosity, um, I I made my first trip up to uh, to Harrisburg this last year, and uh, I didn't really I didn't really spend much time there, but beautiful ballpark. I'm sure you can agree for a minor league park. It, it really is. Now. I'm sure you obviously spent some time hanging around there. Uh, any good recommendations on a food place the next time I'm up there? Great food places. Uh, there is um, there's a Mexican food stand right there on front. It's right behind Front Street. I can't really think of the name, but it's behind um, Bourbon Street Bar and Grill. Uh, there's a great Mexican food food place, and Bourbon Street Bar and Grill itself is. It's got a great, great lunch menu, and uh, there's a little Irish pub there. I mean, Front Street is just amazing. I mean, they when we were down there, they're trying to revitalize the city, and Front Street is a place to go. I mean, it's beautiful. It's right along the river, right there, and it's really nice and clean. And you know, there's a sports bar there. It's just all types of food if you want, just right on Front Street. I mean, we the guys ate there you know, pretty much every day, and it was 
it was great. And it's within walking distance. There's a little, you know, bridge right over the river that leads straight into the, onto the city island for the ballpark. And, you know, it's, they, they do a really good job. Yeah. Well, sounds good. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ryan, we're going to take a quick break real quick. Your, uh, your feed's going to go silent for a minute. Um, okay. We'll, we'll be back in like uh, two minutes. Sounds good. All right, and uh, Natstown, yeah, we'll be back in two minutes. We have a we have a quick uh, brought to you by, and then we'll uh, we'll put you on break. This break in the action is brought to you by Supernova Realty. If you want a house, townhouse, condo, or apartment to match your Natstown state of mind, then visit www.supernovarealty.com. All right, and welcome back. We are uh, we are live here with Mr. Ryan Tatusco. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep powering through this show. So, uh, Matt, on to you, uh, Ryan, sir. Um, one thing everybody knows about me is that I'm a huge fan of <clears throat> the other Zimmerman, Jordan Zimmerman. Um, okay. I was reading a lot on how he, you know, uh, let's face it. The bottom line is that I've been a fan of him since I found out about him. Um, and when he went down for Tommy John. Let's just say it broke my heart a little bit. Um, <laughs> missed him for a while. Was really happy when he came back. Um, one question I want to ask you is, I know it was at the end of the year in 2010 when Jordan Zimmerman was doing his rehab starts. And uh, I'm just curious, did you ever have an opportunity to actually run into him? You know, I I really didn't. Um, you know, he... Uh, I don't think he rehabbed in Harrisburg when I was there, but I mean, if I I know how Tommy John is. I had it as a matter of fact as a senior Ooh, in high you? school, and it, it wow. Yes, I I please I, elaborate. Uh, have, yeah, I uh, well, I remember the exact pitch and account and everything. You know, it's it's one of those things you just don't forget. I was pitching in a, in a high school game and I threw a fastball and immediately I I felt my ligament pop and. You know when I when I watched Strauss, you know, and that little kind of he had that little yeah. reaction, you know, to his. And man, I thought I'm, I just remember that pain, and I went to my knees and just wanted to cry. And I was like, man, if he only had that, that, that dude can take some pain if that's the only <laughs> yeah. reaction that he had. And that was that was my only that was my only thinking. I was like, holy cow, that's the only thing he did. Wow, I've been on the ground crying like like a little girl, but it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I had it as a senior in high school and it, it sucks. I mean, there's no, there's no other way around it. I mean, no sugar the coated. rehab is just, we know. no, not at all. Well, that, that pretty much is sugar coated, but <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it's terrible. I mean, you're in braces and casts and I mean, you, you work for months just trying to get range of motion back and you just start yeah. thinking, man, if I can't get, if I can't extend my arm a hundred percent, how the heck am I going to throw a ball again? And, yeah through the mirror you know the miracle of science and doctors and everything you know that you, you're able to come back but yeah it's it's everything it's everything that awful has has to give it's it's pretty terrible. I, I mean i can't even imagine because uh i i'm going to be totally honest when i was first you know first learned about you know the ucl and tearing it when you throw a pitch mm-hmm. or you know after pitching for a while the only thought that crossed my mind is I can't imagine what that feels like. You know, you're talking about essentially what holds your, your, your elbow together and, yeah. you know, a ligament just tears and that's, 
crazy to me. So, you know, I, I had honestly had no clue that you had it. So it's interesting yeah, to actually it's, hear it yeah. like firsthand, you know, I mean, you, you obviously, like you said, you saw that look on Strasburg's face. The first thing that popped in my mind was, Oh no, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, I just remember like that, that feeling of dread coming over me and I can't imagine what it felt like for him, you know? And, oh uh, yeah, I mean that, that's the first that's the first thing that's the first thing that crosses your mind is what just happened. Yeah. I mean that that's the that's the first thing that crosses your mind, and then it's ow, that really hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that that's that's the the G-rated version, I assume. I assume. Oh so, yeah, you you think a lot of four-letter words. I think I made up for that hurt. Oh, I can't even imagine. But I now, can, uh, sorry, not to ahead. cut you off, Matt. <clears throat> now what? Uh, even with the successes that have happened in the last, you know, the last 10 or 15 years with Tommy John, that it's become more of a, a science that 12 to 18 months with some amount of assurance, you're going to be mm-hmm. back. Uh, what's your mindset after that happens? I know, I know you were in high school and that's, it's a little different mindset being, you know, 17, 18, as opposed yeah. to like Strasburg being 22, but uh, what, what's your mindset? Uh, when you're getting that diagnosis the the, the first you know the first thing obviously that we think is when you hear it you know that you need surgery it's like you ask you know is there any way around can i rehab this and you know obviously when you find out that there's just no physical way to rehab it you know it, that surgery is the answer it's like okay then the, you know obviously the next question is can i play again you know that that was you know the question for me is i i actually blew out um about a week before national signing day so i had to call the college Ooh. that i was so all the colleges and things that were interested in me about possibly going in the draft you can imagine those calls Ooh, they yeah. uh, they stopped pretty quickly and you know so my whole thing was oh now what what do i do how how do i go to college what about some of these pro guys you know that that were interested and in, you know what where do i go from here and you know, so that was that was my biggest fear is, you know, am I, am I gone? I mean, I you know, I thought I had all these, you know, this bright road ahead of me, things were going to be happening, and then this happens. It's like, well, you know, I like I said, you can't, can't extend your arm. You know, you're stuck in a cast for, you know, four, five, six weeks. And, you know, the first couple of weeks aren't bad because you're so hopped up on Vicodin and hydrocodone <laughs> and things. All the good stuff, right? You don't know, you don't know, yeah, you don't know your name or what, what town you're in, let alone if you want to throw a baseball. It's, it's about the third month when the, when the prescription runs out that you really start thinking about, you know, okay, now how do I throw a baseball? Well, once you figure out who you are and where you're at, it and, starts hitting you about, okay, how, how do I get back on the field? And may I ask you how how long was it again before you actually threw a threw a pitch like where you where you actually threw it you gave it everything you had how long was it after the initial uh, surgery? I mean, it it was about I was a little longer um, than Strasburg I, I I mean he was he came back pretty quickly which is just a testament to how hard right. it worked during and, his rehab i mean yeah and it, it all it all depends on how, on what you do you know with your rehab and obviously he's going to have the best of the best you know being you know with you know right. a professional organization and the trainers and things with him and yeah, i was probably 
13 to 14 months, and it took a whole lot of coaxing and four-letter words for me to, to let one go off the mound because your, la- your last remembrance of your last pitch is your elbow blowing out. So it's like, okay, now this is the first pitch since that happened. Is, is it going to do it again? I mean, you're – you're you're trying you know you haven't done anything in you know 12 13 14 months and it's like okay is is this going to happen again and you right. let a couple go and you really you kind of you wait for something to happen and nothing happens and you let it go a little bit harder and it's, it's almost you know like like testing the water again you know first day of right. and you test a little bit and a little bit again and then pretty soon it's just it's out of your mind but it took me about 14 months before I was really had no fear of okay this isn't going to go. I, I can let it go. So I'd say about a little over a year. That's very, that's, that's interesting. You know, I mean, I, I keep saying, I, I just, I can't imagine that feeling, you know, trying, trying to, uh, you know, like I, I run uh, pretty regularly and um, I, I, I kind of was hurt my ankle. Let's just put it that way. And I was limping for uh, about an hour or two. I was fine a little bit later, but you know, <laughs> it hurt. All right. Warrior. But, uh, I mean, you know, the next time I, I went to run, I was kind of thinking about how bad is it going to be all that stuff. So, I mean, but you're, oh, yeah. you're talking about your, your meal ticket, you know, and I, I can only imagine, you know, and, it, and it's not one of those things where it's like, Oh yeah, give it about three days rest and it'll be, it's like, you have a yeah. year. It's like 365 days and you really don't realize how long that is until it's like, well, can I throw on that? No, not for another month. And it just, you just basically just sit there and just wait for time to tick. And while you're in the casting, because I mean, initially you just have to let it heal. There's nothing you can do. And, you know, it was, I was doubly hopped up because you have two options when you do Tommy John. There's a, some people have a extra ligament in their wrist uh-huh. that runs up their form that they can take out or they go in through your knee and they right. go into your gracilis tendon. So, I unfortunately did not have that extra ligament in my wrist. So they went into my left knee into my gracilis tendon and took that out. So not only was I wrapped up in my right arm, I had my whole left leg wrapped up too. So yeah, I looked, I mean, I, I looked a whole lot worse than, you know, really what it was. And they, you know, forced me to get up and walk around. And you know, I mean, that's all you're just worried about. And it's a year is a really long time when you're sitting there trying to rehab and thinking about, okay, what am I going to do? And, you know, like I said, for, for Strasburg to come back as fast as he did and as, and as healthy as he is, I mean, that just, that's just an immense amount of hard work, you know, and it's a lot, it's it's more mental than it is physical just because you have to convince yourself that you're okay. And it's such a catastrophic injury that yeah. still, even though how good medicine is, it still sucks. And it, you know, it's the, like you said, it's a year out of your career and, you know, he worked his butt off and obviously he's back and healthier than ever and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Now, being an athlete, I, I know both of these sucks, but I'm, I'm going to have you choose one here. Uh, <laughs> which which is harder in that situation? Is it the uh, the sitting around not being able to do anything for you know six months until you actually start rehabbing, or is the actual rehab more difficult? I would say sitting around just because you don't feel like you're doing anything to progress yourself to, to make yourself better. At least when you rehab, you're doing something and you know, okay, this is ultimately going to lead to me to be able to throw a tennis ball or throw a baseball or, you know, pitch off a mound. But the first 
you know, four, five, and six months, you're just sitting there. It's like I could be. You feel like I could be doing something to get myself better. I could be, I could be, you know, up trying to stretch or trying to do this. But if you do anything too prematurely, you run the risk of injuring yourself again. And so it's like you know, the best medicine is rest, and you just feel hopeless because you can't do anything and you want to so bad. And it it's even worse, you know, when you sit there and you know watch teammates play, and it's like, oh, I should be there. I should be doing this right now, but. I can't, I can't do anything. I just have to sit here. And that's definitely the hardest part is sitting there and just watching. I mean, I, me personally, I couldn't watch baseball for a few months just because I just get so upset with sitting on my butt for the first couple of months, not being able to do anything that I just turn it off and, you know, and go do something else. But eventually, you know, that, that passes and you get to start rehabbing and working toward a goal. And I think that the, definitely the rehab is, is easier than, you know, just sitting. Because at least you're doing something. Exactly. <clears throat> you know that you're you're working towards something ultimately, no matter how how long it might be. Interesting. All right. Well, um, if it's okay with you, Ryan, we're actually we're going to open up phone lines here and uh, see if we have any questions. What happens, come if, in. what happens if I said it wasn't okay? Then what happens with the first uh, shot? Then you'd have the to deal with it, just man. Tell you, hey, you know, it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you'd have to deal with Nat Town on Twitter, be. and they are uh, they are an angry bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we're hungry over here. Come on. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Let's go. All right, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna send out the number. We're gonna keep going with the show, and as we get in a call, we will uh, go that route. <clears throat> but uh, all right, so completely changing topics here. Uh, we we signed Zim. We mm-hmm. uh, we have third base locked up. Where do we put this this kid Anthony Rendon? Well, I think that's going to work itself out. Um, I just you know the one opening the Nationals they have two openings future openings that you can sort of see. Uh, they have center field and first base. And Rendon, before he was drafted, most people slotted him in at first base. So that makes sense. And people think right now, well, what about Michael Morris? When I'm Lorochely, they're going to put Morris over there. And But Morris is only signed for two more years. And they're probably going to want, when you know Morris's contract comes up, they're going to have to start thinking about what to do with Strasburg. What to do with Harper? Uh-huh. What to do with Jazim? What to do with Espinosa? You know, what to do with Ramos? They got a lot of young talent on that team. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I think I think it's you know it's one of those things where you can think up of, you know, options A, B, and C, and then when it comes down to it, it's going to be secret door D, and it's going to be an op- it's going to be something that just sprung up either out of necessity or maybe a hole opened up or a trade that's not happened yet. I mean, it's, it's amazing, you know, just how people think of all different kinds of scenarios. You know, you can sit and think until you, you know, your, your head hurts. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, I never thought of that thing. I never thought it could happen like that before. And it, you know, it always seems to throw you for a curveball, but I think you're right. It's just, it just works itself out. I mean, I think that's one of the, that's the magic about baseball and sports in general is it just, no matter how crowded things seem, no matter how, messed up things seem it just works out and it's it's beautiful in a way 
Yeah, I mean, you can never have too much pitching. You can never have too much of uh, of somebody to come up from the minors and take over just in case someone gets hurt. I mean. Exactly. Too much talent is a great problem to have. Exactly. All right, so uh, we have our first caller here. We're gonna we're gonna put him on the air. Uh, who do we have here? Well, this is Kim Polk. This is Ryan's mom. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. This that is, is my mom. mom. <laughs> Ryan, did you do this on? Hey, first? mom. How are you? Hey. <laughs> we're sitting at home in Indianapolis listening to the radio show, and he's been talking. I told about you all Tommy. four viewers would be my family. <laughs> Oh, this this is great. I love this. Uh, all right. Thank you. By the way. You're very welcome. I, I, so, I, what do you want to know? <laughs> I know my parents. I know what they want to share. So, do you have any embarrassing stories about Ryan from when he was a kid? Oh, please. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but if I put those on the air, I'll never see my son again or, or ever hear from him. So, I probably shouldn't. <laughs> okay. I, I have a question for you. Um, sure. Who uh who got him into baseball? Was that Ryan? Was- yes, he ah. was. He was. I swear he was in the womb and he was practicing. Ah. Um, ever since he was little, he always had a tennis ball or a basketball or a baseball. Always, he um he started out the the youngest that he could to play baseball, T ball, coach pitch, and ever since then he's always been always been an athlete. We don't have our family is not um we don't have any athletes in our family really. He played basketball when he was younger and just kind of stuck with baseball his entire life. So he's a natural. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> he is now, did, he's did he play catch with and, the teddy bear? Did he play catch with what? His teddy bear. Uh, no, he didn't have teddy bears or anything. It was, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was. It, he was into Power Rangers and and WWF wrestling and stuff. So all the good stuff, in other words. All, all right. the good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, That's a great his Tommy there. John surgery was very tough on every. I heard you guys talking about his surgery, and I'll tell you one thing. He, I was there the day that he blew out his arm, and it was the scariest thing I have ever witnessed in my entire life. And it was he was a trooper. He he went through a whole lot with his surgeries, and <clears throat> that was a real tough time in his life and and is in the family because it was so questionable whether he was going to be able to play again. And he had a scholarship for college. And when he blew out his arm, it was a lot worse than what we had expected. After the surgeon came out, he had said that his muscles and tendons were so damaged that they were almost severed. And had he thrown another couple pitches, he probably would have never played again. Oh, wow. That's scary. Yeah, it was bad. But he did a real good job. He was a pain in the rear end being at home. But, you know, he (laughs) he wanted to do something and he couldn't do anything. But. It was he came back and he's bigger and and better than ever. So we're all hoping that that this will be his year. Well, and the thing Mama I wants to retire. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I like about it is, is you know, so I, we we keep bringing up the the Tommy John and you know it's obviously terrible and 
the great thing is, is now he's, he's pitching in a professional organization. Yep. You know, he's, he's doing that and he's working his way up. He's in triple A now. And I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, maybe I'll sneak up to the dugout this year and get his signature. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Park, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we're hoping that he'll be in Indianapolis in June. He's got it all laid out. His plan is to stay in triple A until he can come back to Indy to play at home so all of our family and friends can see him play and then he's going to hit the bigs and and uh go to wrigley because we're originally from the chicago area uh, i have so family still, in chicago uh, <laughs> I need to, yeah i uh i actually have not had an opportunity to go to wrigley field which everybody's like what but oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah. Have to, i do want to go <laughs> i'm from the era of uh of well back in the seventh joe pepitone and and uh, all those all those players back in the day, a Harry Carey and uh, Jack Brickhouse. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you weren't even born then. So. <laughs> I could guess. I was not. <laughs> Google him. You need to Google him. <laughs> that's, that's the that's the obligatory. Oh yeah, like I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh huh. And was it but, <laughs> all right. We anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, we, um, 
We've once admit, again almost made it to an hour without talking about Bryce Harper. Oh, here we go. But <laughs> it's that time of the show again where we talk about Bryce Harper. Uh, today, there was a little bit of a Twitter argument between a DC sports um, talk personality and some Mavs fans. Okay, let's get it out here. Mm-hmm. It was EB of the Junkies. Uh, <laughs> you probably don't know that name, but uh, don't it's, worry it's about a big learning. Name. It <laughs> yeah. Trust me, they won't talk about baseball even if we're good. So what uh, he said was that Bryce Harper has to hit like Albert Pujols to be anything but a disappointment. Now I'm going to actually one up that Bryce Harper at 19 has to have a better season than Mel Ott had at 19. Mel Ott is the best 19-year-old to ever play in the big leagues. At his age 19 season, he his batting average was 320, on base percentage of 397, and slugging percentage of 524. He hit 26 doubles, 18 homers, and drove in 77 runs. That's pretty impressive for any player, let alone a 19-year-old. Yeah. So, yeah. if we're gonna hold Harper to expectations. Let's just make the expectations extra large. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I don't know how I feel about that though. I mean, a he's a kid. First off, Mel Ott that was he was nineteen in nineteen twenty nine. Nineteen twenty eight. Nineteen twenty eight. Excuse me. Get it and right. That was his third year in the big. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I don't think we can do that. I mean, all we need for Harper to be is um. Bryce Harper. That's all he needs to be. Right. Uh, true. Exactly. I mean, w- without giving hate to uh, Johnny Gomes or anybody else that's played in our outfield in the last couple of years, we need him to be better than those. We need him to not be uh, a negative impact on the team. And other than that, we don't need him to carry us. We don't. We just need him to be a positive impact. Is all. I mean, I mean, you know, there's. There's there's very there's very few players you know that come around the game where you just sit and watch and you just just say wow and you know he's he's definitely one of those players you know last year I I actually had the the privilege of of facing him I guess you could say three times in a spring training game and um you know, you could tell that when he he steps in the box you know he, he he's not a 19 year old kid I mean he has the savvy of a of a 10 year big league vet already I mean he he understands the game probably better than I've ever seen it understood at age 19. And it's scary to think about what, what he's going to become. And I mean, it's, it's going to be there. And I think so many people, you know, might, you know, get on him a bit because they do forget that he's 19 just because he plays at such a high level that you forget that, wow, this kid, you know, should be a sophomore in college and not trying to break into the big leagues. And it's, you know, most kids that are sophomores in college, you know, are, are trying to figure out why they can't hit a spinning curveball. But, you know, we're we're trying to figure out why they, why he didn't drive in two on a double, you know, off of off of a guy that was a first round draft pick throwing ninety seven. And it, it just to sit, you know, and watch him play. I mean, like I said, there are very few guys in the game where you just sit and watch and go, holy cow! And yeah. he's definitely one of those players at at nineteen years old, and it's it's incredible, you know, to, just to watch him play and just you can almost watch his mind work. You know, he might strike out or he might fly out, but it's like immediately he understands why and automatically, you know, he makes that adjustment and, you know, then he hits a ball in the gap and, you know, he's he, so it's just like he understands. He just kind of has that higher sense of, 
what you know what's going on and it's it's pretty fun to watch all right well i'm gonna go ahead and ask the question you said you uh you had to face him three times in spring <laughs> training last year yes how'd yes. it go <laughs> oh man it was a good one he uh he actually uh hit three ground i got him to ground out three times uh against <laughs> me but all three all three ground outs were just lasers at somebody and i mean he, he can't I mean, at one point, I thought, you know, he was going to – if they wouldn't have put a – my shortstop wouldn't put a glove on. I mean, he would have definitely broken somebody's foot with just how hard he hits the ball. And it's a different sound, you know, when he hits the ball. I mean, he just makes square contact, be it a fly-out, ground-out, whatever. I mean, he definitely doesn't get cheated on his swings. And when he hits it, the ball goes a long way. <laughs> now, I have to say, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to hear a player – say that the ball sounds yeah. different. You hear a lot of the uh, the writers and everything, and granted they've been around the game yeah. a while and have uh, heard these things before, but it, it's it's definitely different coming from a player saying that the ball just sounds different coming off his back. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's guys that, you know, I've played with, and I think the first time that I kind of ran into it um, was Mike Moustakis. I, being in the in the Rangers farm system, I played him, and he just flat out had my number from short season ball to double. I mean, I, I, no matter how hard I tried, I just couldn't get that guy out being it, you know, fisters that dropped or lasers that, you know, were taking out led signs in the gaps. You know, he, he just seemed to have my number and, you know, it, it was the same way when he'd come up and he'd swing and he'd make square contact. I mean, it, it sounded like, you know, he was going to hit the ball a quarter mile. And you know, that was, that's just the same way, you know, when Bryce swings, I mean, I, I don't know if it's how hard he swings, if it's how strong his wrists are, or what it is, but it just it sounds just pure, you know, almost like a golf swing that you know when when somebody gets a hold of one and it just makes that special sound, you're like, wow, and you know, which I've never had the opportunity on a golf course to to make that sound, but I'm always you know I'm too busy looking for my ball in the woods or you know <laughs> in the water. But, <laughs> um, um, but well, it, yeah, but it, you know, it's definitely different. Uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, while we're, while we're talking about Harper, you know, different perspective, uh, you hear a lot of people say that, you know, he seems kind of arrogant or, you know, people will say what they will about him. I mean, I, mm-hmm. you know, first off, I just want to point out that the kid just bought his mom a house, um, which, awesome. I mean, even bad boys I love think, his I think, mama, I think you know, that's, that's the dream of every baseball player is to be able to take care of their family. And, you know, for right. him to be able to be in that situation is just awesome. And, and then, um, I mean, so you you played with him. Obviously, you probably hung out with him a bit while at uh, Harrisburg, correct? Uh, I actually was not in Harrisburg um, when he got there. I was already in Syracuse. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. You did throw live batting practice to him, though, so you did have a chance to meet him. Talk yeah. To him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just I I was watching uh, MLB Network recently, and he was being interviewed, and he said, you know, who you are on the field is you got to be a different person. You got to be a little bit cocky. So, I mean, you obviously yeah. had a chance to meet him. Does he seem like a, a cocky, arrogant kind of guy to you? No, not at all. I mean, like you know, he's exactly right. I mean, I think that's I think that's everybody. I mean, you know, that's that's any pitcher you watch. I mean, you can it seems like, you know, you, you watch a guy on the mound, it's like, man, I bet that guy, you know, is an SOB in real life. And then he's like the nicest guy. He's like a giant teddy bear. It's the nicest guy you ever met. But, 
thing you got to realize that you know when you, when you step in between the lines, you know you're you're out to prove a point. You know, right. the, the pitchers, he he's not going to be nice to you. You know, he, you know he, uh, you know he. Uh, he's not going to say, hey, you're know, Andy. You know, <laughs> and it's like you know, you know, considered you know one of the one of the meanest guys in the world. You know, was Jimmy Fox. You know, he was known to slide the spikes up and take people out, but he's also known as one of the greatest baseball players that ever lived. And you know, he, you know, you're, or you look at a guy, you know, like Pete Rose, he takes out his own catcher in the all-star game and the guy never plays again, but he's known as Charlie Hustle, the guy, you know, again, one of the greatest baseball players in the game. And I think in order to be that good, you have to have a little edge. And, you know, you, you look back in history, you know, there's always guys that have the edge, but when it's all said and done, you know, and they have their legacy, they're known as one of the best. So, you know, yeah. if, if, you know, if I were in his shoes, you know, I would take that edge in a heartbeat to be known as one of the game's best. I, th- I think that's a, that's a pretty good trade-off. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, we, uh, I mean, I was a child when Chipper came up, but uh, I, I've read back through stuff that Chipper had a, a similar reputation of kind of being a, a jerk uh, as it came across, yeah. and he's one of the most beloved people in the game, regardless of who what team you root for. And I think that's that's just being a competitor in general. I mean, it's, you know, it's, a lot of athletes, you know, from it doesn't matter, you know, if you're playing a pickup game, you know, with your friends or, you know, you're you're playing cards or you're playing professional sports. I mean, if you have that competitive nature in you, it's gonna come out. And some people have a ton of it, some people have none of it. It's, you know, and if you have a lot of it, you know, it's hard to turn it on and turn it off. No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, it, it's interesting to me. You know, I always I, I watch baseball games and you watch a pitcher and you know, he's, he's pitching. He almost looks like he wants to hit that guy with a truck, you know? <laughs> You're exactly right. I mean, but, yeah. you know, the guy's trying to take the yard and embarrass you in front of 40,000 people. And it's like, it's your job to embarrass him. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, my, <clears throat> that's my thing. Like, you know, it's, you, you gotta you gotta be competitive. If you're not competitive, you're not gonna succeed. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize about Harper is he's a competitor. Oh, you're exactly right. I mean, it's that's one of the reasons why I can't play words with friends with my fiance anymore. <laughs> I get too pissed off and don't talk to her for the rest of the day. And that's, I mean, <laughs> that almost ruined our relationship before we even got engaged. Is I I play words with friends and I I call her I think that she was cheating and she'd beat me and I wouldn't talk to her for a day and a half just based on words with friends. I mean I just, just I'm gonna remember that one. <laughs> uh, don't play words with friends with the girls. <laughs> that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't I think that should be a marital rule. Don't play words with friends <laughs> with somebody you want to spend long term with. Oh man. Well, speaking of competition, uh I I believe you were out on the links today with uh, Cameron Selleck. Yeah, 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 good buddy of mine. Real good buddy. <laughs> Who won? <laughs> uh as a matter of fact, we played um there's actually eight of us uh out on the out on the course today. We played a two four men scramble and um actually I was in the same foursome as Cameron and it was actually our, our team that won. Uh we actually um, if you count the multiple wedges and Louisville Slugger shots from the, uh, from the rough, I think we shot a 66, which isn't too bad for a bunch of baseball players. Yeah, no, pretty good, actually. <laughs> Normally yeah. when I play golf, the course wins. Yeah, exactly. I don't think yeah, I've you, ever had a, well, that, I don't think I've ever had a par in my life. 
No, that, that's the thing is everybody was complaining about how much sun that they got, but I spent so much time in the woods searching for my ball, I really didn't get too much sun, so I'm really not surprised. <laughs> um, well, the way I understand it, uh, I know he's in uh, Houston now, but Levo, Levon Hernandez, he is uh, he's the golf yeah. mentor. So I'm sure he'd be happy to play a game with you, show you, show you a thing or two. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I I'm I'm more of the you know I like to look at the scenery. I've I've uh, I'm known as the uh, as as the pitch and putt guy, which I don't know being uh, you know six six five two hundred if you want to be known as the pitch and putt guy when you have a guy that's five eleven one seventy and he's known as you know the long guy. You know that that's kind of. <laughs> but you know what? I guess I'll, t- I'll I'll take any role that I can get. You know, if if they allow me to play again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm I'm just I'm just a, I'm just a big you know big thing of you know I figure you, you pay the money to play. I might as well get as many strokes as I can in the game and get the most out of my money. I mean, what fun what fun is it to hit the ball sixty times when you're paying sixty bucks to play? I mean, when I can hit it hundred and twenty times and have just as much fun. <laughs> That's a good that's a good attitude. Yeah, solid point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we are we are hitting the one hour mark here. We are going to take another quick break. Uh, Ryan, again, your line's going to go dead for about two or three minutes, and we'll be right back. Okay. All right, Nats fans, we'll be right back. Citizens of Nats Town is brought to you by the Ballpark Bus with departure stations at Clyde's and Ashburn, Glory Days in Reston and Herndon. The Green Turtle in Ballston, Sterling, and Dulles, and Velocity 5 in Centerville. When you don't want to drive to the ballpark, leave the driving to us. Take the ballpark bus. Visit www.ballparkbus.com for more information or on Twitter at, at @ballparkbus. All right, and we are back with Ryan Tatusco here on the line. <clears throat> now, uh, Ryan, your mother mentioned that you yeah. were a fan of the WWF when you were growing up. Uh, did oh, you also. Yeah. Did you also watch the uh, NWA WCW? Oh yeah, I was I was a big fan of it all. And as a matter of fact, I still uh, I remember going to my first live event um, with my dad and seeing Andre Giant in person. And I just when you see a, when you're a little kid and you see a guy who's seven foot three and almost five hundred pounds is absolutely just insane. But yeah, oh yeah, I was a big fan of you know wrestling back then, and then. When I found out it was fake, it was probably one of the most devastating things that happened <laughs> in my 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 world that that, that could happen. I, you know, I, I, after that, I just I just couldn't watch it again. Well, the Nats PR the other day they wanted to um, coin a nickname for the Nationals pitching staff, their front four. They wanted to call them the Fantastic Four. Well, Nats fans didn't think that was such a good thing, and so. Uh, We've started calling them the Four Horsemen after the uh, wrestling stable. So which nickname? Much better. <laughs> Much better. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely would go Four Horsemen. I mean, you know, Fantastic Four, mediocre movie. I mean, it, it was all right. So I, I definitely you know, <laughs> thinking name it name it a bullpen stable after a mediocre movie probably isn't that good. I'd definitely go with the with the Four Horsemen. You know, out of out of wrestling, I definitely think you know that. That's the best way to go, especially you know when, when they were the dominant thing, you know back then. I think those guys are going to be pretty darn good for. All right, Natstown, you hear that? We we are vetoing the Fantastic Four. They are now the Four Horsemen. It has been settled. All right, and um, you know, um, Matt, you know, has mentioned he's a big Jordan Zimmerman fan, and he uh, the biggest come out that Jordan Zimmerman has. Well, he's had a lot of success up to this point, but he's done it with a 
curveball and a fastball. Wow. And now he has a changeup. I'd like to point out that it's a slider. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, but no, he. Uh, I read a, I read a pretty a pretty good uh, article today talking about how he he has a a changeup that he's been working on. Is not wholly. He didn't feel great about it last year, which is in, interesting to me because he had a lot of success last year. And uh, Steve McCaddy apparently said, well, he added a circle change and it's just it's good, and so he's gonna throw it more. Can you kind of can you kind of give us a little bit of insight, kind of what it's like to add an extra pitch? And um, just what it does for a pitcher. You know, is anytime you know you can, you know, pitchers are always tinkering, you know, with things. I think that's just kind of our nature. Is you know, you you might have a curveball or a slider or you know, whatever it is that you throw, and then all of a sudden you play catch with a guy who's got a great curveball. It's like, hey, how are you throwing that? And immediately you just kind of you you want to know. You're always trying to look for you know ways or reasons you know to make yourself better. And I think you know that's you know that's what it is, but you know, working on a pitch is definitely, it's not one of the easier things to do. I mean, it's, especially, you know, when you haven't thrown it, I mean, I don't know how long Zimmerman hasn't thrown a change up or if he just kind of quit it for the year, fastball and curveball were just working so darn well that he just, yeah, okay, whatever. And just didn't throw a change up, but, you know, you know, for my, for myself, you know, I trying to throw, you know, a slider, you know, for the first time, you know, in pro ball, it definitely, there's a whole lot that goes into finger pressure and arm angle. And the biggest thing is not tipping off what you're throwing. I mean, it, it's easy to, to learn how to make it spin into what you have to do, but it's like to make it look like your fastball and to, to make it look natural is the hardest thing. Cause obviously big league hitters are there because they can pick up those subtle differences. And if you're tipping off your pitch in any way whatsoever, then they're right. going to, they're going to jump all over it. So I think the hardest part is making everything just look natural and, you know, making it look, everything comes off your fastball. Cause obviously hitters are taught to gear up off your fastball. So if they get any tip off that, you know, a changeup is coming or something off speed is coming, then obviously they, they can back off of it. But you know, I definitely think, you know, that that's the hardest part is just to make it look natural. And it, it probably takes, you know, I would say, yeah, eight, three, three weeks, three weeks to a month of, you know, really throwing it religiously in bullpens and live batting practice before you start thinking about, hey, I just take <laughs> this in the game. Obviously, you know, obviously, you know, you you, you might took on it a little bit faster. And there's actually sometimes you go, you know what, this isn't quite working. Let's just scrap it all together. And, you, you know, you just go back to the drawing board. But the, right. the great thing about, you know, pitching is as many pitching coaches there are, there's different pitching grips. So if one doesn't work for you, you can just, you know, switch to the next one and, and keep trying it out. Sure. Um, Ryan, we actually have another caller who called in. So let's see. Uh... Let's see. We got this is a 571. So this is this is a Nats fan coming in. Who do we have ah. on the line here? Hey, y'all, this is Tim from Russia. Hey, Tim. Hey, Tim, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you all. All right, hey, so we've, uh, we've got Ryan on the line. What uh, what do you got for him? Hey, Ryan, um, realistically, when do you want to be in the bigs? What, what, what's your realistic goal? Yesterday. <laughs> uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, re- realistically, um, you know, I, I want to be there – you know, this year, um, you know, I, like I said, I, I think I definitely, you know, for myself, I took a step back, uh, you know, last year with my performance and things, but it was definitely a learning year for me. And 
if I can get up at any point, I mean, if it's the last day of September, you know, that I, I get one day, you know, that's what I want. But, you know, realistically, I'm, I'm hoping this year and, you know, the only thing that I could really do is just go out and pitch and improve myself. You know, that's the thing is I'm not, I'm not going to get the looks and I'm not going to get, you know, what I want unless I can go and prove that I deserve to be there, you know? So that, that's the thing for me is, you know, it's, it's definitely in my court, you know, to go and prove to, you know, whoever it is I need to prove myself to, to show that I belong. So I'm definitely hoping at, you know, some point this year that I can go up there, you know, and, and make some sort of contribution. Do you think there's something that you have to do extra to show, I guess, the front office that it's your time? It's my consistency, um, you know, with throwing strikes, you know, and, and more of not throwing strikes, but being successful. I, last year, you know, I would go out and have one or two great outings and then the wheels would fall off for one or two. And then I'd go have one or two and I just kept, I felt like I just kept ping-ponging back and forth with how well I did. And I just, I need to show, and I think, you know, it was, it was one of those things It's almost, you know, that, I would allow myself to ping pong and you really didn't know quite know what you're getting out of me last year. You know, if I was going to be fantastic or if I was just going to be, you know, a complete zoo on the mound and, you know, you had, you had to give me the quick hook. So I think this year I definitely have to, I definitely have to prove that no matter what situation it is that I'm consistent. And if I think if I can show more consistency, then, you know, I'm, I'm going to give myself a much better chance to, to be at the next level. All right. Hey, uh, Tim, thanks for calling yeah. in, bud. Good to hear from you. So, um, thanks, Tim. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling in. No problem. <laughs> David, a little, uh, a <laughs> little quick with the X button there. Sorry about that. Quick hook. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Tim. Sorry, Tim. That was uh, an accident. No, uh, no ill will intended yeah, we'll, there. We'll go, with, we'll go with accident. We'll go. With <laughs> um. So, one thing that that's been a little bit of a I I wouldn't say talk of the town, but something that's been talked about lately is the second adi- wild card. Second wild card. Um, so there's going to be a one game playoff. Yeah, <laughs> a play in. They they're not really adding a second wild card. I look, they're adding a play in game, a forced play in game. Uh, I think it's a you know. I just think it's a non-factor. That's the way I look at it. I mean, there's still one wild card. They still have the same playoff format. They just are putting, forcing that one extra game. And uh, people yeah. are asking, how does it improve the Nationals' chances of making the playoffs? Well, it improves it by if they can have the, uh, you know, second best record of teams that aren't in the lead for their sure. division, they get to play. I think it also depends on how you define you know. Playoffs. If the one game playoff counts as it, I want I want I want to point out something here that David and I have held ourselves to, and he's probably not going to be happy that I'm about to say this, but just so you know, Ryan, um, David and I are kind of some. Well, I'm a I'm definitely a joker. Dave kind of he's this was his idea. Let's put it this way. He uh he decided. And I don't know why, but he decided <laughs> if the Nationals go to the playoffs that he was going to wear a curly W dress 
to Nationals Park, and I do recall shave your legs. I didn't say shave. <laughs> I, I recall you saying shave your legs. I'm not going to shave my okay, legs. Okay, well, not... you're still wearing a dress. You got you got you got to go. You got to go full bore with the wig and everything. Nail polish. Uh, well, so and, <laughs> and and I, I I on on a somewhat less embarrassing note, I have to get a curly W tattoo on my shoulder. So well, that's I mean, permanent. Yeah, but that's that's permanent. <laughs> I think I think you need to go dress for dress and just let the other person get to pick out your dress. <laughs> no, I see, like I'm, this. I I'm, like I'm, where your I'm, head's I'm at. I'm not that crazy. I'm sorry. He he he. So I'm not crazy. To the dress face. So what you're telling me is you don't have face. I mean, <laughs> it's not being crazy. It's it's well, face. Well, let me explain um, my thinking here. Right? Um, oh, the baseball guys. My, yeah. my, um, I'm just trying to get somebody in trouble, that's all. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Every time I've um, been down on the Nationals and said something to someone out loud, uh, good things have happened for the Nationals. There was a um, – for some reason, I thought that July was close enough to the end of the season to say, um, you know – I was the Nationals were on a bit of a losing streak. I think it was about seven games in 2010. I told my friend, and said, "I said if the Nationals, he's a Braves fan. So I said if the Nationals can manage to beat the Braves tonight, I will have Lady Gaga as my ringtone for the rest <laughs> of the baseball season." Well, the Nationals won, and I had Lady Gaga as my ringtone for the rest of the baseball season. I'm about to slurp. Oh well, and then. Um, <laughs> I also made a bet with the same friend uh, that if the, the Nationals last year were, again, on a losing streak and they were playing in Colorado, and they don't do too well in Colorado. So I said, there's no way that they're going to you know, get out of this series. It was a four-game series. There's no, there's no way they're going to lose this series. They're going to get swept in the series, and they're going to finish 10 games under 500. I said, if they, if they don't get swept in this series – and finish within five games of 500, I'll buy you a Slurpee for the rest of your life, whenever you demand it. And, well, that's what happened. You might look at the record <laughs> for 2011 in Natstown. It was a, it was a beautiful thing, and uh, I, I get on this man about it quite a lot, actually. So what we're saying here is is our co-host here is a walking reverse jinx. And let, let's, so, just, let's just uh, say – well, You've got a very good gamble. You just stay away from the <laughs> This man's rubbing off on me a little bit. That's not great. That's you, you, let, you let me know when you're you let me know when you're putting your money on red on the roulette wheel, and I'm putting my entire savings on black. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, hey, uh, it looks like we have another caller who's interested to talk to Ryan. You're on the air. Who is this? Hey, Ryan. This is Daryl calling from Evansville, Indiana, hometown kid. All right. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fantastic. Uh, Ryan, my question for you, are you big on, you know, fantasy baseball? Do you get involved in the fantasy sports? And, you know, if so, do you think I should be drafting you this year? <laughs> I don't think you can draft my – I don't know what leagues you can draft minor league players uh, in, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, we're we're too busy playing, you know, during the year and stuff like that, so we really don't have much time, you know, to play fantasy sports. You know, I'm a big fantasy football player. I really enjoy playing fantasy football. but uh, you know, fantasy baseball, you know, it's just, it's too hard to keep up with. And, you know, we're playing at the exact same time. So it, it always seems like it just, it's really not, you know, in the time, it, especially baseball, it takes a lot of time to micromanage your team. And it's just, 
it's too time consuming, especially, you know, with all the traveling and stuff, you know, that we have to do. I uh, got you. How about so fantasy football? So you've dropped a lot of Colts players, your hometown guy? I actually, uh, like my mom said, we're from like near the Chicago area. So I grew up as a Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, and Cubs fan. So I dropped a lot of Bears players. I'm, I'm still a big Bears fan. And I it didn't quite go well when uh, Indianapolis and Chicago were in the Super Bowl and I was wearing a uh, Chicago Bears shirt in downtown India. That really wasn't the hit. It really wasn't the hit of the restaurant that we were in. <laughs> All right. Hey, Daryl, thanks for calling in, bud. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you, Daryl. All right. All right. Well, we're uh we're what are we at? An hour and a half, close to it. Let's uh let's start wrapping this up with some uh some final thoughts. Matt, what do you got? Um, well, first off, uh Ryan, it's been like kicking back and talking to an old friend. I appreciate uh appreciate your time tonight. Uh it's been a lot of fun and very insightful talking baseball and injuries and fantasy <laughs> so ah, i appreciate you guys bringing me on i i really enjoyed myself this is great um you know hopefully you'll uh we'll talk you talk you into coming back on again oh i'd love to i'd love to right. i'll try i'll try to keep uh i'll try to keep my family off the line <laughs> no don't do that don't do that Hey, just my ears might call her next time and just leave me out of it. She probably has a story. Oh, yeah. oh, we're, no. we're thinking well, about it. Well, now that you mention it, it's not a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is amazing. You made it almost, uh, you made it over an hour with us. Uh, I don't know. Good job, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> my wife can't even stand being with me for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dave, what do you think for uh, some final thoughts here? Well, you know, I'm excited about the national season at um at all levels. You know, I, I, I like to go to the minor league games. I'm planning a trip up to Syracuse at some point in time. Which I want to do, too. And I, wow. I've mapped it out on a highway, and you can hit, I think, uh, six games in maybe uh, four days if you do it right. And um, I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you're – uh, well, actually, I hope you're in the big leagues when I'm in Syracuse. And uh, we wish you best of luck with that. Oh, I, pre- I appreciate it, and that, that's the you know the great thing that about Syracuse is there's so many teams that are so close that you can catch. I mean, you know, there's Rochester right there with the Twins. There's Buffalo with the Mets. You know, you you can even you know hop down and go see Lehigh Valley, which is a must-see stadium. If I have to, I have to recommend a, a minor league stadium to go to. I mean, Lehigh Valley is incredible. They built a brand new stadium, and if you're ever driving through and there's a game going on, I'd recommend you going there. But I mean, you know, there's just so many stadiums that are so close in that league that it's really easy, just like you said, to drive down the highway and hit games at different stadiums. And, you know, it's it's really fun. All right. Uh, Ryan, I'll get to you in a second. I have a, I have a note for uh, Nats fans here. We are actually working on getting our, uh, our iTunes certification for this. Uh, I put it in uh, earlier this week. Uh, hopefully by next week we'll be up there. We just uh, they gotta listen to us and make sure that uh, we're we're good to go. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, making it big time here. Yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be <laughs> national, yeah, <absolutely>. Ryan. <laughs> not so, uh, on the national, you know, not just the at, national. At least, it's gonna be national. At, at, least, at least regional. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> All let's, right. Let's, uh, we'll we'll start off small and and, and say that uh, I'm I'm about I'm block wide. That's why I like to start. <laughs> 
Well, uh, Ryan, to uh, to echo the rest of the people on here, uh, it was great having you on. We we hope you can have uh, we can have you on again. Um, I'm actually going to be down uh, for spring training here in a couple of weeks. I'll have to uh, head down oh. early to a game and check out the uh, the backfield, see if I can track you down. I'm jealous. Absolutely, yeah. Well, that's that's the nice thing. This year, everybody uh, you know has has their last name on the back of their jersey, so you know it's, they're we're easy to spot this year. <laughs> oh, they're doing that now. They're putting names on the jerseys. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah when, right. you, when you have like you know nine guys that are number forty six running around, you know it's it's kind of hard to figure out you know who is who and you get people. Oh. I just saw you like a minute ago. You were in that direction. I thought forty six was a taller guy. Like, yeah, it's, not, it's the baseball wears well though. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really what it is. It it really is. All right. Well, uh, again, Ryan, thank you very much. And uh, Nats Town, thanks for tuning in. We will uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for the phone calls, and thanks, Ryan. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. Thanks. Talk to you later. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.